Welcome to First Term, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is BP and Paxton. Hi! Hello. Today we're playing Waffle Time. It was designed by Maxime Demira. It was developed by Neil Kimball, and the artist was Egg Butter Toast. <laughs> the year uh, it was published, uh, 2023, by AEG. The game description, uh, it's a wonderful lazy morning and your stomach is grumbling. What's that heavenly smell coming from the kitchen? It's waffle time. The mechanics are in-game bonuses, grid coverage, open drafting, pattern building, square grid, and variable setup. And the box art? Paxson, how would you describe the box art? It's a stack of waffles on like a picnic table outside with some bushes with flowers and it's got a bunch of fruit and syrup and whipped cream on it. Some delicious looking waffles, I'll say that much. Yeah, I would eat them. It's got like a, uh, maybe like a colored pencil style. I feel like I would go watercolor, but every time I say watercolor, I get made fun of, so it's probably not watercolor. It's not watercolor. Yeah. But it's some. It's not uh, cartoony. It's somewhat right. realistic, but yes. not like photorealism. Right. Yeah. Uh, so based on the description and the box art, would you pick this up off a shelf, Paxton? I think so because I like waffles. So any game with waffles in it is probably pretty good. Yeah. I would as well. I also enjoy the waffles very much. It used to be a Sunday morning treat in my household growing up. And now we have in our household replaced waffles with pancakes. But while not interchangeable, both are very delicious. Yes. And we do have a waffle maker and we do occasionally do waffles. Multiple waffle makers, actually. Yes, we have we have a larger Belgian style one and then one that makes smaller like Eggo style ones so that we can make sizzlies which for those who aren't on the East Coast is basically a breakfast sandwich, but with waffles instead of an English muffin or some other breakfasty bread. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would also pick it up. Uh, I do enjoy waffles and it's AEG. So I feel like mm -hmm. I tend to, we tend to like AEG games. Uh, they tend to be lighter and have fun themes. I don't think they all are hits with us, but mm -hmm. we always want to try them. So I'm always willing to try it. Well, pattern building, we're going to be decorating. Okay, so we kind of get to cheat because we actually have the game open in front of us, the boards. And we each have these individual boards that are in the shape of a square waffle. So my assumption is pattern building, looking at the uh, fruit tokens we have. Uh, we're gonna be trying to build set patterns of fruit uh, on various objective cards to gain points. Okay, Paxton, any thoughts? No, that sounds spot on. I think that's how it works too. Okay. Uh, so BP, the history of, um, I'm going to just say the history of waffles. I know. But I'm pretty sure that that's going to be spot on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a real shame. Um, it's interesting. I sometimes make my students do, uh, food history, um, topics for their final. And, uh, 
at one point, students were, what if nobody wants to present their project? I said, well, I'll prepare one. What do you guys want me to do? And they said waffles. And so I have actually done the history of waffles before. Um, and it's a pretty long history. I'm pretty sure pancakes, which I haven't done the history of, are pretty much as old as mixing of flour and water together and being able to right, put them on a flat surface. Um, Waffles are a little bit more involved, but have been around since ancient Greece um, with uh, with archaeology uh, finds of the iron bits that some sort of flour recipe would have gone in between and then placed on an open flame, which is pretty much how they were cooked until... Um, Actual ovens were made and then they were put in the um, the various terms for them. Uh, but basically your iron uh, plates that then eventually evolved into our electric, right, yeah. waffle makers. Which we still call waffle irons. Yes, exactly. Um, and those were developed, of course, in the 20th century. Um, the We have... You know, basically multiple examples from the medieval period and multiple examples of various recipes from the medieval period. One of the first known uh, penned waffle recipes that is as close as possible to some of our uh, current ones is from a 14th century manuscript called Le uh, Menangier de Paris, which is this basically instructional manual supposedly written by a husband for his young wife. And um, it's got four different varieties of recipes, which would be duplicated in later centuries, um, which basically most of them consist of some eggs, salt, wine, uh, flour, and that's about it. And those would be the basic ingredients until about the 16th century when sugar became more readily available. In the 16th century, you actually start to see a shift in waffle uh, history, if you will, in that we actually have paintings depicting waffles, uh, such as, I know, right, uh, Peter... Uh, Bruegel, who is pretty famous for depicting very detailed scenes in um, Dutch uh, life, uh, there are various uh, paintings of his that show like very specific, you can tell they are waffles. And that tends to get away from the wafer-like recipes of prior years. Plus, by the 16th century, as you have more sugar readily available, you start to see sugar being added to it and various types of yeast. In fact, by the 18th century, you start to see recipes with very specific, usually beer yeast would be used. Um, which I'm supposing is probably why the wine was put in there before. I assumed it was wine because water wasn't always good for you because it wasn't. It wouldn't always come from a clean source. Yeah. yeah. So wine typically would be considered clean because of the winemaking process. That's what I assumed. But it would um, also probably have yeast in it as yeah. well. So. Um, and sugars too. Sugars, yeah. And you would sometimes have things like cheese added to it or honey. Um, but really, by the 16th century, you start to have sugar entering much more rapidly into European diets. And um, by the 18th century, like I said, uh, 
yeast and leaving the recipe to sit aside uh, to actually rise starts to become much more prominent as well. So they probably tended to be a lot flatter up until about the 18th century and then start to have, right, kind of the fluffiness that we associate with them. What I find really fascinating about uh, waffle history, though, is that in um, the 16th century, uh, in fact, one of the first waffle legislations came about. Yeah, there was a law in France regulating uh, waffles in 1560. Uh, it was a response to some quarrels between Obliers, which were the people who made waffles, um, and it required them to be, um, they had to be uh, at least four yards apart from each other in, when they were selling waffles to people. Well, now I want a game setting up waffle stalls uh -huh. with different right. rules about how close the waffle stalls can be. Um, in the 19th century, when you start to have, um, I mean, obviously, right, kind of the, the history of sugar with that increases the amount of varieties in the um, 18th century, especially. Uh, and so that's when you have a variety of different styles of waffles becoming made. Um, and some of the ones that we're, you know, very familiar with, the liege waffles are what we uh, currently call the Belgian waffle variety. Um, also, the Stormf waffle from the Netherlands, uh, which basically in Dutch is syrup waffle. Um, but by the early 19th century, when there was a naval blockade on the importation of sugar into Europe because of the Napoleonic Wars, um, there was a slight drop in uh, waffle production until beet sugar also became used. Um, also in the mid 19th century, when sweets and chocolates and other sorts of uh, treats were more readily available to a consumer, um, waffles went down until the 20th century, the early 20th century, when you start to have um, the electric waffle maker, as well as um, some uh, quick mixes come about in the 1930s. So by 1918, you have the introduction of the first electric commercial waffle maker. By the 1930s, you have dry mixes becoming readily available, including Biswick um, and Aunt Jemima. And by 1953, you have the Lego, my ego, mm. waffle uh, coming about. Uh, and so pretty much uh, a big hit. Uh, what we call the Belgian waffle is actually um, from a, the 1964 New York World's Fair, a Belgian entrepreneur uh, introduced his Belgium waffles, which we just morph into Belgian waffles, which are actually a hybrid of an American waffle type with some attributes to the liege, as I mentioned, or Belgian mm. waffle. There we go. There you go. Waffles, ancient history, early legislation, and delicious breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Speaking of delicious, we are trying to make the most delicious waffle breakfast. 
by topping our waffles with butter, fruit, syrup, and cream. Uh, the game is going to last for eight rounds, after which the player with the most points is the winner. So play order is randomly chosen, uh, and we'll stick with that because it's it doesn't then go clockwise. It follows a turn order, mm-hmm. uh, and it's random uh, in that players who go second, third, or fourth, depending on how many players you get, are going to get additional bonuses at the beginning of each round. So it does matter that it's random and not just uh, a round robin. But obviously, you know, last to eat a waffle would also work. Right. Which would have been you because you been had yeah, one this morning. I didn't have waffles this morning, which I didn't know when I ate them this morning that, that I could do that. So that's the other reason why we're going to go rent. I kind of cheated a little bit. Uh, okay, so on a player's turn, so a round consists of everybody taking a turn uh, and then like I said, eight rounds. So on your turn, you're going to place your pawn on any slot around the toppings board that isn't occupied by another player or the turn order card. You're then going to take the two toppings that match the two closest tiles in a straight line from from your pawn. The two toppings are then placed into any open spot on your waffle with the following restrictions. The two toppings must be orthogonally adjacent to each other, but they don't have to be adjacent to tokens that you've placed previously. So just to the ones you've chosen. Cream can only go into an empty waffle space. Fruit may be placed on any waffle, any empty space or a space that only has cream. And syrup beads selected from the draft board may only be placed on the player's syrup dispenser card. The other topping is placed alone on the player board. So that's going to be number two. So number one, you choose where you want to put your pawn. You gather those toppings. Number two is you place those toppings onto your your waffle. Uh, Number three, you're going to compare your waffle with the fruit pattern cards you see, and you're trying to see if you match any of the fruit patterns. So there's going to be one pattern for each of the five fruits. If you do, you're going to take uh, syrup off your dispenser card and you're going to place it as depicted on the 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 combo card. If you don't have enough syrup in your dispenser, you place what you can and then you don't get to place uh, anymore. A pattern can be completed more than once, even on the same turn. Any number of patterns can be completed in a turn in any order. Uh, It must contain a topping that you placed this turn. Patterns can be flipped and rotated and may have cream along with fruit. Patterns may overlap and reuse fruit, but may only have one syrup bead in each location. Uh, And placing syrup may may complete additional patterns. So then the final thing you're going to do is you're going to check the goals. So there are three goals uh, that are randomly selected at the beginning of the turn. Uh, They're going to require patterns and others may require certain combinations of fruit anywhere on your waffle. So each goal can only be completed once per player. And the first player to achieve the goal gets the butter token on the card along with the victory points. Uh, Butter gets placed on any open waffle spot. Once a player completes all the steps, it moves to the next player. When all the players have taken their turn, the round is over. All pawns are returned to the turn order card with the closest player taking first and the furthest player around the track going, ending up being last. So we return basically in re- uh, reverse order from how we've laid out uh, clockwise around the uh, board in the middle there. Uh, players take syrup beads uh, and put it on the dispenser based on the player count. So in our game, second player, every round is going to get an additional syrup 
bead, and then third player will get two syrup beads. Uh, then the turn order card is gonna move one step clockwise so that eventually when we get around all the way around to the other side of the board, when we would have to cross the little, the corner of the board that has the little timer, that's how we know we've hit eight rounds and that's how we know that the game is over. So at the end of the eighth round, players will get one point for each syrup bead on fruit, two points for butter, and three points if we have a spot that has fruit, cream, and syrup. Uh, you'll get points equal to the goals that they've completed and two points if they have no remaining syrup on their dispenser card. And the player with the most points is the winner. And in case of a tie, the player whose pawn is closest to the turn order tile wins. So those are all the rules. Let's play. just finished a game of Waffle Time. To recap, Kiwi came in last with 17 syrup points. BP came in second with 18 cherry points. And Paxton came in first with uh, 35 butter points. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, crushed us. Paxton, <laughs> winning strategy. Um, I mostly went for the like not the big challenge victory points the ones where like the i went for the fruit combinations that placed a syrup on them when you completed them that got you the victory points for like having a syrup on top of a fruit and having a syrup on top of a fruit on top of a cream mm -hmm. and i just went for that and and i also went for the one that had two of each fruit that gained, got you a butter and three victory points and got all the other big victory point ones by accident. I didn't realize there was a reference card out. And when Paxton was pointing to all the cards, I yeah. just noticed that. Oh, did you? Because I completely had no clue how we got victory points except for the objective cards. <laughs> that's okay. I knew that I wanted fruit and cream and syrup all together, so that's what I was trying to do, but I totally forgot how many points for each one. And then at, right at the end, I remembered if you emptied your dispenser card, you also got points. Mm. Uh, but Well, at the beginning, I really wanted to fill mine with the fruits that I liked the most, but yeah, that would not have been a winning strategy because I'm not a big fan of cherries on my waffles, and I don't like strawberries. Cherries would be a weird because they have a pit in them, so it'd be a weird thing. Unless to you bought pitted strawberries. Unless, yeah, unless, yeah. I, I think... Um, yeah, we'll get into it here in a second. So, uh, theme, Paxton, did you feel like you were creating a breakfast waffle? Uh, I mean, it definitely had the, like, theme of what you would put on a waffle, but I more felt like I was just making patterns on a board mm -hmm. with the theme of waffles. I agree. I think it probably on could On top of it. You're fired from this podcast. Pax and I will be doing the next one alone. Um, yeah, no, I think Paxton's yeah. spot on. Yep. Uh, BP, table presents. I mean, it's cute. Um, it's got fruit things on it, uh, a board that looks like a waffle. I think, you know, if you saw it, you might turn to look at it if you're into food styled games. 
Yeah, I think the only thing I wish it had is instead of cardboard tokens, if they were a little bit chunkier mm -hmm. and if it was a double-layered map so that the waffle, the player boards actually looked more like waffles and you actually put the things into mm -hmm. the squares. Because the, uh, the other thing I was thinking too, like when I was setting this up, was like one bump and all these pieces go mm -hmm. all over the place. You know, a double-layered player board to actually be more waffle-shaped would have been nice. Yeah, I bumped things multiple times just trying to go fast and place things. Yeah. So I think that would definitely... But I, I agree. Like I think it looks cute. I think if I saw somebody playing this, I would stop and look because it looks interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are like little things that I wish were slightly different. Um, mostly for a gameplay. And then I think aesthetically it would look nice too. So. Uh, mechanics... So I felt like the selection, so there was like multiple things you had to think about, right? When you wanted to select your tiles, you had to think about what toppings am I getting? What patterns do I need to make with the top pan, pat, with the things that I'm getting? But also like, where do I want to get, like, do I want syrup at the next round? Mm -hmm. So maybe I want to go further so that I go last. So I, I liked that. And then the actual pattern building here, I think it happened to both BP and I as we had a spot that could have finished a pattern, but then we realized that there was nothing on the, like there were not a lot of options to get the actual things that we needed because like you had a corner piece that you were never going to be able to get that corner piece because mm -hmm. you needed a Blackberry and a syrup so that you could place a single Blackberry. And I don't even think that was a, well, it could have been, but it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't come up because it didn't flip. So, um, and then I ended up with like this little L shape that I was never going to get two bananas to be able to get in there. Cause there wasn't a place on the board with two bananas. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, there was, but it would have to flip. Yeah. It would right have there. to flip. Yeah. But it didn't come up when I needed it. Mm -hmm. It came up previously. So you really have to like, it reminds me a little bit of tiny towns where you had to be very specific about where you put right. put your blocks. And then when you built your building, you had to be smart about where you put it so that you didn't block yourself in and create gaps that you could never fill or get rid of. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Paxson, what did you think of the mechanics? Um, I mean, it was I, I was a little confused at first about how the random order um, of choosing worked, like where you placed your token to choose which two fruits you wanted. I was confused on how that chose who went first, but then I understood it and everything was fine. Um, the flipping was pretty cool because it kind of randomizes things so you can't do the same thing over and over again, which yeah. is nice. But I also just didn't pay attention to that. Like, I just chose what I saw and what I thought was good yeah. to what I already had, and I didn't care about thinking ahead. Sure. And I got 33 points. BP? Nothing to add. Okay. Uh, learning the game, I think Paxson touched on a little bit with the, you know, how the turn order piece went. But I think, I mean, you got it once we were like one or two. I think it was like third round. You were like, wait, why does BP go first? Why am I not going first? And then yeah. once we explained it and you saw it again, I felt like you got it. Yeah. Uh, BP, anything else on rules? No, I did not pay attention at the beginning and caught on pretty quickly once we started. Yeah. 
I think, uh, yeah, and the rule book is laid out well. I, I feel like with most AEG games, like they do a really good job with the rule book, and this is no exception. Uh, the rule book is, it explains everything, everything pretty well, I felt like. Um, and it was easy to, you know, do the show notes. And, you know, the only time I opened the rule book back up was I forgot if it was move the turn order token and then do the flip or mm-hmm. flip and then move the turnover token, but it was super quick to find. And then I had it open when we did the in-game scoring, just so we could go through each of the items. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like those were uh, really big. Um, player action? I don't think there's a lot. No. Yeah. The only play, real player interaction was like, w- you block somebody else from going to a specific spot, what? but you only get eight times mm-hmm. of selection. You don't. You can't afford like going to a spot just to block somebody. Right. And yeah. I don't think anybody did that. I mean, I know I was like, oh, I wanted to go there, and somebody else did, but I didn't really care to say because it didn't really mess me up. Real, like nothing, no crazy. Take that because it doesn't help you, and it is kind of pointless. Yeah. BP. Anything else to add? Nope. No. Um, so with that. Would you play it again, BP? I mean, yes, mostly because I like waffles and it makes me want to eat a waffle because even though it doesn't quite have the theme, I am staring at a waffle board with fruit on it. Um, That said, I and there's the differences in patterns that you can create. Are there other pattern building games that are maybe just as good you know, so that maybe there doesn't need to be multiple of them. I mean, possibly. I think Calico is still kind of up there, you know, because of the artwork of Beth Sobel. Um, but it's a, I think it's a, it's a good one. It's also quick, so that's nice. I think it might take almost as long to set up as it does to play. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I would play it again. I think... If I had to choose between like this or Tiny Towns, which is another kind of pattern building AEG game, I think I would pick Tiny Towns. And I don't think I would have both in the collection. Um, so, yeah, I got this game for free. And I think it can go on the trade list because I don't think both can be. But if someone said, hey, let's sit down and play Waffle Time, I'd say yes. Because it's super quick, it's super easy, and it does give me that spatial puzzle that I enjoy in games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say yes, but yeah. Paxton? Uh, I think I'd play it again. It's simple and it's fast. I do wish, well, I don't know if they are, but I wish there was more like puzzle cards. So there are. So there's for each of the fruits, there are three different types of combinations that you could have for the patterns. And then I think there's about nine of the in-game bonuses and then for the dispenser cards that set up your beginning of the game, I think there's like nine or 10 of those as well. So there's a lot of options for variability. And then it's random where the tokens go on the topping board. Yeah. So Well then, yeah, I would play it again. I, I enjoyed it. And the easiness of learning and how fast it is is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there yeah. you go. Uh, so that was... Tiny Town, or it wasn't Tiny Towns. No, it was not. That was Waffle Time. 
So if you have any recommendations you would like to send our way, um, or you would like to hear our impressions on, uh, you can do that via email at firstturntabletop at gmail. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says as he sits down to his waffle time breakfast, please don't forget to write, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. Camel, don't talk with your mouth full. Play more games. Bananas. You get to place a syrup on the bananas. Bananas. I'm a banana. Bananas.